This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. I hope you all have one had a wonderful day today. Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha Om Shri Saraswataya Namaha Om Shri Guru Dattatre Namaha Om Shri Mahalakshmiya Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwaraha Guru Sakshat Parabharma Tasmai Shri Guru Ve Namaha Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. So let us begin from where we stop that is chapter 2. Power and Glory of Guru Bhakti Namdarak meets Siddha Yogi, the great and close disciple of Guru Nath. Siddha Yogi leads Namdarak to the Bhima Amraja Sangam and seated under the holy Ashwatha tree starts narrating the Guru Charitra to him, which the latter listens to with rapt attention. What does it mean? You need to listen to it with rapt attention. So listening is very important. In fact, just this evening, my Krishna Guruji did a very beautiful chapter from Samarth Ramdas Maharaja's Das Bodh. You know, how do you listen? How you must listen with absolute attention. So please listen to this satsang with absolute attention. Siddha Yogi narrates the story of the disciple Deepak and the Guru Veda Dharma and about the unexcelled merit that accrue from Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva. Oh my God! This is the most important chapter and one of my most favorite chapters from Guru Charit. This chapter summarizes the entire teaching of what it means to have Guru Bhakti, how do you do Guru Seva and what kind of a disciple and devotee you must become to attain the highest spiritual being. So let us enjoy this chapter and learn at least little bit from this so that we can evolve on our spiritual path. So here the word is mentioned Guru Veda Dharma. I will explain what this word Veda Dharma means. Guru is indeed supreme and all the gods are subsumed in him. Here the reason why the characters have certain names is because it is directly related to the meaning of that word. Veda Dharma means Guru is the one who is a protector of the Vedas and follows the diktats that is, that is described as part of the Veda which means he lives that Dharma alone. He lives the teachings of what is mentioned in the Veda. One who protects the Dharma. One who is the protector of the Vedas. And he lives by example. He is that Veda himself. And it is mentioned, Guru is indeed supreme and all the gods are subsumed in him. What does it mean? See, the Guru is the unmanifest unmanifest Tattva, the principle, the essence which manifests in the form of a Guru. Now, when it is mentioned here, Guru is indeed supreme, the highest, and all the gods are subsumed in him. Means what? The Guru is that supreme divine consciousness who crystallizes in a form. So, all the power, all the gods are vested into him alone. That is why you will, you will somewhere, it is going to be mentioned that if the gods are angry, the Guru can save you. But if the Guru himself gets angry, 
there is nobody to save you so please be very careful how you behave what you do when you have a real master in life the real master can only tolerate to a certain extent you don't provoke him see the, the guru are very compassionate being they are ever forgiving and they will not do anything to you but you need to understand around them are the ashta siddhis who are saying tatastu and please know that this entire universe works in tandem with this desireless master all the gods are subsumed in him what does it mean if you do anything which is against the dharma which is against the principles of what your guru has taught you or even if you spite your guru or even just trying to provoke you know trying to show how great a knowledge you have you try to do any of these things this universe is going to give you that lesson please remember the guru is not going to say he is going to just keep very quiet he will only say nice things to you he is not going to even say utter a word to a moron like you please remember this he is never going to say but his universe will give you two tight slaps and then you don't know what hits you so be very careful how you behave what you speak and what you do and if you if you are under the ordain of a guru remember not to violate that rule if he has given a particular instruction you need to follow it to the t so don't mess with a master and don't go by his ordinary human appearance the real master is going to appear extremely ordinary take the examples of shri ramkrishna paramahamsa ji sai baba or ramana maharishi they appeared so simple just ramana maharishi just used to wear just one you know dhoti similarly was ramkrishna paramahamsa ji or sai baba was wearing a kafni toned clothes we take lord buddha also he wore those you know the khanta work came about because of buddha you know what buddha did lord buddha would patch up all those pieces of you know cloth and make it a, a garment so that he could drape around him and that that stitch is called khanta work khanta stitch that is how the whole art of khanta work came about so all of them have lived in a very simple manner so these are the great divine beings they never wore any anything you know glamorous attire ochre clothes nothing nothing so don't go by their appearance ordinary human appearance so be very careful if we can but win the guru's grace we will thereby win the grace of all the gods guru is indeed supreme please remember this when the guru is pleased which means the entire universe the entire pantheon of gods are pleased and then the universe will work in tandem with you but if you disrespect the guru if you do something against him the universe is not going to be friendly with you then you are going to face all the obstacles some some other challenges you are going to be you know they say no kaan pakad ke sikhate hain you know the in small children when we are small the mother will just tweak a little bit of your ear and says you know you need to study hard she just you know twists your ear why because she wants you to become good similarly this universe is going to give you the tight two slaps and make you learn and even if you don't learn the same lesson is going to be repeated to you over and over and over again so please be careful what you ask the names of veda dharma and deepak have their own significance veda itself is both the dharma and the guru
and one who is devoted to the scriptures and abides by the dharma. That is why when we are on the path of spiritual, we, we are focusing on two important things. One is dharma and one is swadharma. What does the Guru do? The Guru is the protector of dharma. He abides by the Vedas and protects the dharma. And that is why when there is a dharma on this planet earth, the Lord Almighty, the unmanifest, the divine manifests into the form of a Guru or they incarnate in whatever manifestation, manifestations or different forms and establish the dharma, protect the dharma so that they can put the dharma back in order, bring the unrighteous, the people or anybody who has gone on the path of unrighteousness, they will put them back on righteous path. So that is why it is very important to follow the dharma and to do your swadharma. And who can teach you your swadharma? Only the, with the grace of the guru. The guru will show you the path. He will tell you what is your swadharma. And it is extremely important to go on the path of your swadharma for which you have donned this human body. So, and one who is devoted to the scriptures and abides by the dharma which they enunciate is sure to gain enlightenment. What does it mean? They enunciate and is sure to gain enlightenment. They put you on the path of spiritual. They take you towards attaining God realization. You understand that I am not this body. I am the divine being. And attain your spiritual will and serve the purpose of having donned this human body and having attained this human birth so that you also do whatever the purpose which your guru ordains you have to serve in this world and establish dharma be on the path of righteousness and always be you know on the path of and also have sattva you have to go towards sattva and most important have love and devotion bhakti is the only way out in kali yugam This chapter is the key chapter of the entire text. It charts out the entire path for the spiritual aspirant. So please listen with absolute attention. So now we begin. The Kalpatanu can fulfill all your wishes. The Kamadenu can bestow on us all the boons. The, the Paras stone can transform base metals into gold. But none of them can transform others into the like of themselves. This Guru alone can do. Wow, how profound is this? What does it mean saying here? It is. It means that the Kalpataru can fulfill all your wishes. Even the Kamadenu can bestow on us all our boons. The Paras stone, when touched, they say no Paras money. So it transforms the ordinary metal into gold. But nobody can transform like themselves except the Guru himself. The Guru can transform the disciples or the devotees like exactly like them. And that is the power that the Guru holds. How does he do? He puts you on the path. He teaches you. He beats you to pulp. When I say he beats you to pulp, it is not physically beating you to pulp. He removes your tendencies. He removes your ego, arrogance, all the, you know, vasanas, vrittis of many lifetimes. And absolves all your karma, puts you on that path, he purifies you and makes you divine being just like him. And this can only be done by the real master alone. Nobody else can do this. That is what it is mentioned here. Namdarak, 
refreshed by the sleep and enlivened by the joy of the dream vision, now woke up. The dream vision of Gurunath's splendorous form with ashes smeared all over the body, with tiger skin as his garment and with locks of matted hair and with looks overflowing with love and compassion, stood indel indelibly imprinted in his mind. Recapulate, recapitulating the vision, he was in a state of ecstasy. How can anybody forget when the divine dawns, you know, gives you the darshan, the vision of himself in your dream or even in any form or whether it is a dream or in real time, how can one can ever forget that, you know, sakshatkar, like we say. When you meet the God, there is nothing else you want after that. That's the only... Uh, they say, uh, like I like I keep saying, Dhyana Moolam Gurur Murti. That Murti, the Dhyan, in you're meditating upon that Murti alone, that image, that which you saw in the form. When you see the form, that gets imprinted in your head. You have to imprint in your heart. Every pore of your being have to just only, you know, chant that name, you know, meditate upon that form. And, you know, ooze, the love has to ooze out of every pore of your being. Such has to be the grace. The moment you meet this divine being, that's exactly what happens to a real devotee and a disciple, not to material worldly people. Let me tell you that much. It, this, none of this can happen to a material worldly people. Why? Because they cannot have that faith. There is no bhakti there. They can only look at that guru as an ordinary human being. The same object, the same object can appear to one, it is the priceless one. To somebody, it is just an ordinary stone. It's, it's a paras money. So what do you look at look at it as? So that is your own faith. That is your own bhakti. Similarly here, Namdharak is so pleased. His entire mind is filled with the vision of Gurunath. But, okay. But it soon flashed on him that it was after all but a dream. But even so, he realized and felt convinced that it was only because of Guru Nath's grace that he had such a blessed vision. Even if it be a dream, even if it be a dream. But Guru, but could he ever hope to have such a dream, vision again? Would Guru Nath ever again shower his mercy upon him? As he was brooding thus, lo, there came near him a yogi, an ascetic who looked like a near replica of the divine form which he had seen in his dream. The yogi too had similar face and looks, wore a tiger skin for his garment and his whole body was smeared with sacred ashes. His face was shining with spiritual splendor and his looks be speaking of his inner realization and entitlement, uh, enlightenment. Have you ever seen the real, the real masters? Have seen their presence when they come in front of you. How do they look? They look resplendent. Their face glows. If you if you closely observe my Krishna Guruji, those who know him or those who watch his videos, if you just see him from close, he has that mark. So on his forehead is that mark exclusively. You can see that. And that's the divine, the divinity of who he is. You can see that mark on his forehead. The mark of the divinity, that real master he is. Only the real true gurus will have those signs on them. And it was not there before. But when he evolved on that spiritual journey, when he became that guru, that mark was on his face. On its own it has come. 
it will be very obvious. Have a close look at his face and you will find this. Namdarak was overwhelmed with joy and wonder and fell at the yogi's feet and exclaimed, O oh, great one, on seeing you, all the agony in my heart has subsided and my whole being is filled with ineffable joy and eternal peace. I am feeling most blessed. I pray to you to let me know who you are and where you come in, where are you coming from and where you reside. I am certain that it is Sri Narsimha Saraswati Deva who sent you to me, taking pity on me. At this, the ascetic replied as follows, I am known by the name Siddha Yogi, also referred as Siddha Muni. I am the disciple of the great Datta Avatar, Sri Narsimha Saraswati. The Supreme Brahman was my guru. With his grace alone, I have attained the knowledge of the spirit and the possession of all the yogic Siddhis. Ever since my Guru's departure from Gangapur and withdrawing of his avatar a little later, I have been constantly on pilgrimage. I am now on my way back to the holy Gangapur for the darshan of my Gurunath's Nirgun Padukas enshrined there. I spend all my time reveling in remembrance and recounting the Leelas and Mahimas of my Gurunath. Oh, how great, how divine is my Guru. He is fearless indeed. How blessed is Gangapur, which is hallowed by his grace. How blessed indeed are all those who are devoted to him. They are freed forever from all mundane worries and are forever anchored in peace and happiness. Their homes will be ever prosperous with everything aplenty and with no want whatsoever. Cattle, children, wealth, none of these will be ever felt wanting in the devotees' homes. This is a very important lesson that you need to know. Those who are devoted to the divine Lord Almighty, the gurus or even whoever God that you believe in, please remember this Lord Sri Krishna also has explained in Bhagavad Gita. There will be no wanting of cattle, children, wealth or whatsoever in my devotees' home. Those who are my devotees, there will be nothing less in their home. He is always going to take care. And remember a very profound lesson in from Sai Baba's Koti when we were doing such a little, in that Baba was mentioning, when you are with the Guru, please remember, the Guru will bestow upon you, that is the Guru or the God, they will always ensure that you have food and clothing coming to you freely when you have committed into the spirituality. But anything more than that, you have to work hard. It's not going to come to you on a platter. That's what it means. Now here, when the Gurunath says, there will be no whatsoever, no want whatsoever for cattle, children, wealth. And that means they will fulfill your desires. But what comes to you freely is only the food and the clothing. Even if you need a house or anything more than that, you have to work for it. So don't expect everything to come on a platter. Because we have a very bad way of thinking, oh, if I'm devoted to the God and if I've devoted to the Guru, I don't need to work. You know, most important thing which you, which the Gurus, the great masters teach you is you have to put your self-effort and you have to work hard for whatever that you have come here. Your body, whatever that it has to do, it has to serve its purpose. So doing your duty is extremely important and this is very beautifully taught by Shri Krishna, both in Bhagavad Gita, Uddhav Gita and in Srimad Bhagavadam also.
he teaches you have to do your duties absolutely to the t unless and until you become a sanyasi then it's a different story then you have to go with your begging bowl then there is no material worldly wants so if you have to live in the material world and you have to do something you have to serve your purpose and which means whatever duty that is coming to you naturally you got to do it you cannot say oh i do i don't want to be you know i don't want to work i just want to sit there and do nothing and today it is kali yugam in kali yuga the problem is everybody is in the tamasic mode in they filled with inertia lethargy you name it indiscipline there's no consistency nobody wants to work or oh, today the weather is very cold can i sleep a little more i don't feel like working today my guruji will say very beautifully first of all there is forget about hard work he'll say people are hardly working and then they'll say oh i work so hard oh my god yeah yeah you work really very hard i must say that <laughs> and then they'll expect a big fat check to come into their bank account for doing nothing and they'll say oh i work really hard and i am not getting any increment oh really you know what my krishna guruji will say they are paying you more than what you deserve i will not even give you you know half even quarter of the salary that you are getting this is where we have you know we have reached today but it is only through self effort you have to be exceptional in your way in your life if you have to grow and become somebody good somebody spiritual somebody divine being which means you have to work really hard and don't run behind success and money what has to come to you will anyways come to you here they're saying there will be no more of any want in my devotee's home the guruna the guru's grace the divine lord almighty's grace will bestow upon him that which he has to get so why bother when you are devoted please ensure everything is going to be taken care of but for all that there is one criteria which is called absolute faith i think once we progressed in the story the most important word is going to come it's going to be emphasized is faith the word called faith you know every human being they deter in their faith it's always 99.99% it is you cannot have even that 0.1% is not there then there is doubt again i'll come back to the same example like my krishna guru ji says you can be the bottle of ganga and in that bottle of ganga if you just add one drop of potassium cyanide that whole ganga will be turned into poison so likewise this faith even 1% doubt your entire faith goes to zero remember this so everything begins from stems from the word called faith and what is the faith absolute faith no matter what it is my guruji is there he is going to take care of me come what may i will be very sincere to what i have to do but people don't have this faith and especially today we are in the kali age of kali yuga faith zero we just want to see miracles people are waiting okay can i go with my begging bowl if something comes in that begging bowl then oh yeah oh yes this is a guru he is a great master then everybody will run towards him again i will call out the same movie please go watch this movie which is in uh, tamil Uh, it's a south indian movie called mukuttiyamman again my krishna guruji also has said many a time about this movie in that it is called out how today people go to worship god because there are certain hidden agendas which is either they want money they want some they want to go there just because you know they'll get some people also go for prasad you know they get some nice food to eat um Okay, this is a very interesting thing in from America. So when I was when I had visited New York, everybody told me, you know what, you want to eat Indian food, you have to visit this Ganesh Temple in Queens. I was like, okay, I didn't understand this concept. Everybody said we have to go to temple. I thought, oh my God, Indians are very religious over here. I felt very nice, and then I didn't understand what is the purpose. 
yeah, God is there. But you know what? They'll get all the varieties of Indian food over there. So every weekend, people would very religiously visit the temples. Why? Because food, I would get Indian food. Otherwise, I'm not going to get the variety of Indian food. So the more than, you know, God, the canteen was running in full fledged. So people flocked really. Why? Because they wanted Indian food. So it was an amazing, you know, experience for me. And even here too, a lot of people go to uh, some temple, they say, oh, here you'll get nice prashad. Today they'll give you this prashad. Let's go there. <laughs> how funny it is. So the way, see how human being looks at a temple today. Why do they want to go to temple? What is that they're seeking over there? Are you seeking God? No, nobody asks for God. You know, my Krishna Guruji once asked me this question. How many people come to the God and say, God, I love you. How are you doing? Are you fine? Has anyone ever asked that question? But you know what? People come with, oh God, you know what? Today I have this uh, review. You know, yo, now we are going through year in review. Oh God, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope I'll get a good rating so that next year I'll get some increment. Next year I'll get some promotion. Oh, today's exam. I have to get somehow, you know, first class. Why? Because I need to pass in the entrance so that I get a seat in IIT. So we go with something or the other. Otherwise, God, please cure of my sickness. My wife is sick. My husband is sick. My father is sick. My mother is sick. That's, these are all the things. Or I have a problem with money, something or the other. I need visa. Oh, this is another very important thing. Visa. You know, in Hyderabad, there's a temple. It's called uh, Visa uh, Balaji. Some, I think something like that. So if you need visa to go to US, you have to first go visit this Balaji. It's called, uh, I forgot the name of the temple. Very sorry about it. But you can Google it. You will find. So it's called, uh, you know, Visa Balaji. Something like that. Visa, you know, he's the one who grants you the visa if you go worship. So it was a very funny incident. My Krishna Guruji's visa was rejected three times. So he said, he was laughing. Oh, I have not gone to the visa, Balaji. That is why my visa got rejected. You know how funny it is? So people go to temple to ask for petty desires. They don't ask. They don't seek God. They don't seek spiritual knowledge. They are not seeking the knowledge of truth. So today, this is the world we are living into. So most important word in attaining that grace is called faith. Absolute faith. Number one, let's see what all comes further down. Next comes complete surrender. You know, love and devotion is a, is a far off thing. It's, no, it's not so easy to attain love and devotion. Because first is faith, which is always differing. Surrender, oh my God, that is though not possible. You know why? I, I am the greatest, my ego. I am, I'm, I know this, I know that. I know, I, 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 I. Ramakrishna Paramahamsa Ji has said a very beautiful thing. The day you say, it's, they say, right, when you tan that, uh, when the skin, the, when we are doing the tanning, when you tan it, the, the, it says, the sound comes, hamma, hamma. And once the tanning is done, it says, tuhu, tuhu, which means first you have to say, thou. So initially, in the beginning, we are always saying, I, I, I. But when you move from I towards thou, the God has to be put first and the, the Guru has to be, you know, he has to be put first in your life. When that day comes, then you're subduing your ego. Then that little ego is only towards that devotion for him. Then you're only saying thou, thou, everything is thou. And then that is why that little ego is very important so that you can be devoted to that master. Please remember one thing. Nobody can ever become greater than their Guru. Their Guru is always the highest. That 
bhakti has to always remain in you so that we don't get that ego of knowledge that i doesn't come in this knowledge is not mine i am i am not even qualified for this please remember this body is just an instrument in the hands of the divine lord almighty these are the words of my krishna guruji's wisdom i am not even capable here to even talk about this this is his grace that is why we have to always worship rever him he is only you know the guru is the doorway to god and i am only an instrument who he is using to impart this knowledge whatever that it has to be imparted to the world so that is how the divine works so you need to always say thou thou is very important than i so only then can you surrender surrender completely when you surrender then you become the clay in the hands of the divine and then he can mold you on that path otherwise you can never evolve because the mind the ego is always going to become an impediment on the path of the spirituality so let's see what the gurunath is going to tell him for that matter anyone devoted to his own guru let apart to gurunath is most blessed indeed what is it mentioned anyone who is devoted to his own guru leave aside gurunath when you are devoted to your own guru then all the grace is on you he is going to take care of you he will be all peace and happiness himself guru is indeed supreme by himself and all the gods are no comparison to him at all please know this very well underline and keep it or you please you know embed in your heart and your in your mind guru is the sole benefactor and liberator for man you know it says guru is indeed supreme by himself and all the gods are no comparison to him at all guru is the sole benefactor and liberator for man and blessed indeed are those who are devoted to their guru blessed indeed who are devoted to their guru so please hold on to your lotus feet of your guru never ever leave your guru please remember by whatever the reason is when you leave your guru you are incurring the greatest sin in this on this planet earth this it's like your own you are digging your own grave so never ever leave your guru it's extremely important to be devoted to your guru no matter who he is although namdarak was so joyous at hearing this yet some apprehensions started raising their heads in his mind see doubt comes no matter how much you faith you have there is called this monkey mind but you know what your mind itself is unreal can you have you ever tried to catch the mind do you know where the mind is we say when when we say mind we are showing here sir this is brain this is not mind manas we say heart mind is there but is that the mind no because you cannot catch where the mind is and if you believe the mind exists then the mind comes something is chattering but when you have the faith in the divine when you just are devoted to the divine and chanting his name so where is the question of mind so please always subdue your mind never let your mind throw any doubts about your guru or the bhakti or the divine lord although namdarak was so joyous at hearing this yet some apprehension started raising their heads in his mind he said to siddha yogi i am puzzled at what all you say i am also devoted to gurunath just as the predecessors in my family uh, family were but i have no peace at all and i am ever haunted by worries in spite of my devotion to gurunath i am in a pitiful state 
you say that those devoted to the guru are freed from all worries and miseries it doesn't seem to hold true in my case at least oh my god isn't this a very important question isn't this everybody who feels this way let us understand why why does this happen you know he saying my predecessors were devoted to gurunath then why am i even i am devoted but i'm still feeling miserable i am having worry i'm feeling in a and a pretty pitiable state why is this misery and why am i feeling this that is called faith lack of faith because he already said right i am puzzled at what all you say because apprehension started raising their heads in his mind see in kali yuga the problem with every individual is the faith the faith is dithering they don't have that faith we are all weak hearted i'm sorry i'm going to use a very interesting word um i coined this word i say for all this weak hearted you know yellow chicken yellow chicken means you just you know you just want you don't want to you know take up the challenge and saying okay i will achieve something significant in my life we just want to chickening out so i just say yellow yellow means you're you're in you're just very weak at heart something like that it's my own word so it's very funny how today we are all you know very weak at heart we don't have that ability to have that absolute faith that conviction is not there because you know what is that we are driven by fear what is the fear all about oh i don't know how i'm going to live life some problem is there i problem 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 there are people who only keep saying the word you know from their mouth problems even when god has given them very beautiful life they'll only chant the bhajan it's not about the divine name they will the mantra is problems i'm having problems in my life what is the problem your own mind you, you can't control your mind why should there be any problem see one very important thing we all need to understand if you have donned a body this body has come with its own karma whether you like it or not you have to go through the karma of whether it is the ups and downs whatever the challenges it's associated with it you have to go through it but please remember when you have the grace of the guru with you when you are with the guru the divine master he is always cushioning your karma then why are you bothered about what is going to happen why is something going to happen something is going to go wrong please remember your guru is ever compassionate he is always taking care of you but don't keeps you know having the disbelief or doubt in him if he is going to put you through certain situations it is only for your spiritual progress and please remember he is not going to physically put you through the universe will work its way through and giving you those experiences so that you evolve on that path he is not going to do anything no harm will ever befall you please remember when there is a grace of the guru no harm can ever befall you that is the conviction you need to have but what is missing today the missing part is the faith the faith cannot be 99.999% it has to be absolute faith unflinching unflinching faith which has to be 100% come whatever may you know yes my guru is there and nothing shall befall me and i'll give you the story very simple story where one day uh, vibhishan was there and there was this brahman i think so i don't know about who this man was i can't remember his name but there was this man he said how is that you are so devoted how are you able to cross you know walk on this river i also want to do you know we has to cross the uh, ocean and then he says um how did you do this how did you know the lord hanuman and everybody else were able to you know cross over 
So that time, Vibhishan tells him, you know, he takes a leaf and he writes something in that. He says, just keep this with you and walk on the water. You will be able to walk. So he said, okay, fine. Just have this faith in, in what I'm giving you. This is the magic mantra. Just keep it with you and walk. And he's walking on it. And then suddenly what happens halfway through when he was walking, oh, what is the magic mantra he's written in that leaf that has made me, uh, you know, that I was able to walk on the water. And suddenly, you know, his mind came and then the, the mind wants to, and but he gives him a condition. Sorry, I forgot to say this. On one condition, he says, don't ever open this. Just have that faith and just walk. You will be able to walk on the water and you will cross over. But his mind came. So what did he do? Halfway through, he said, what is that such a great thing that he has written that I'm able to do this? So he opens that leaf and he finds Sri Ram. He's written Ram, Lord Ram's name in that. Jai Sri Ram. And oh, just this, the moment he said that, he sank in the water. So that is called faith. Everything depends on your faith. That's why they say the faith can move, move mountains for you. But what kind of faith should you have? It, it should be like that Mount Meru, which is immovable. Do you have such kind of a faith? The faith can create magic. That is why we keep saying, as is your faith, so are your experiences. So how much faith do you have in the divine? Then you will experience him in that capacity. So every experience, you know, I keep telling everybody, right? The devotees and disciples here. When you have that absolute faith, whatever is your ishta within you, you will be able to experience that divine being. Whatever is that ishta. Ishta means that that one um, form or idol or whoever is your the most beloved from your inner from your innermost being of your heart, that one you love the most. When you have that absolute faith and love and devotion, you will be able to experience the divinity. But that depends only on you. So don't go by others experience or what others have experienced of the divine being see to each his own god is to each his own god is everyone's he's universal he doesn't do you know differentiation between oh i love one person the most i don't love you the i hate somebody no there is no differentiation in, in the guru or god's world everybody is equal because the entire creation is his own being so why would he make a differentiation between I like my right eye versus I don't like my left eye? I like my right hand more, I don't like my left hand. Can the God ever say this? This entire universe is part of his being. That's why we say Vedanga. He's the, you know, it's, 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 it is his ang. Ang means his, his entire body. So the Vedas are all from it. The entire creation has emanated from his being. So why will he make any differentiation? This is what you need to understand. God is ever waiting for you to turn, you know, towards him. But we are turning outside, going and running behind the material worldly existence. We, are, we have gotten carried away by lust and greed. The Kali Yuga has smitten on us. Maya has deluded us. And we are filled with ignorance. So how will you overcome that? By you know, coming inwards, going inwards and, you know, empowering the God within you, realizing the God who, who is within you, waiting with open arms to receive you. But you are lost in the material world, running after, you know, all the material worldly pleasures, the sensual pleasures. So turn inwards. Know that the God is always benevolent. So crave us, seek him and you will experience. That is why as is your experience, so are, so is your faith.
and most important to each his own. To everybody has their own ishta. Somebody would love Jesus, somebody would love Buddha, somebody would love Lord Shri Krishna and Lord Shri Krishna also in different different aspects. Somebody will like him as a Bal Gopal. Somebody will like him, you know, as the Lord Shri Krishna, the, the beloved, the, the, the Prince Charming of all the, uh, you know, the masculine beauty of the gopis. So everybody will like him in that capacity. To Arjuna, he's the best friend. So what do you want to see in him? That is what you have to see. And that is the form you will experience. But with absolute faith and complete surrender. And it is never 99.99%. And this is exactly what here Gururath is also teaching. So never have this, you know, doubt ever. So today, Namdarak is have, you know, feeling miserable or he's, you know, he's in a pitiful state because of his worries, because he don't have that faith. But his predecessor, you know, his predecessors, his forefathers were absolute devotees. And this is in the Kali Yuga. And they were in the previous Yugas where the faith was absolute. See, in the, in the first Yuga, it was only, you know, full of Sattva. Everybody went in, in the mode of goodness and love. And then came the next yuga. So what became? It became 50-50 tamas, sorry, sattva and rajas. And then came the next yuga. So uh, sattva reduced and rajas became predominant. And today, and, and tamas of course was there a little bit, maybe 20%. But today, there is no sattva and rajas. We are filled with tamas. We are totally entering into tamas. Sattva is completely gone out of window. There is no goodness and love in this world. The reason why the divine Lord Almighty, these great masters incarnate or manifest is to establish the dharma, is to tell you how to be good to mankind, to humankind, how to be good to entire universe, how to be loving. Today we, we are at each other's throat. We don't have that love for each other. We hardly are nice to people. So today goodness is extremely important. That is what you have to practice. So don't doubt. The most important word here is faith. So why Namdarak was feeling miserable is because he was lacking that faith. How can... Okay, so here. Further, although I too believe the, that great indeed is Gurunath, how can you say that Guru, whoever he be, is indeed supreme by himself and all the gods are no comparison to him at all? Guru can hold some place of honor like mother and father. But how can you rank him above all gods? It puzzles me much and I fail to understand what you say. You know, we say in Vedas, it is mentioned Mata, Pita, Guru, Daivam. Okay. Now, when anybody reads this in the normal sense, if you have been given an explanation by your forefathers or wherever you have learned, they'll say, oh, your parents are the first god. Then comes your teacher, you know, your, your worldly teacher. And the last is God. This is what we have been taught. But do you know what is the real meaning about it? Guru is your parents and he is the God himself. So the same thing has to be, the, the meaning is completely different from what you have been taught. And what has entered in our brains? Oh, Mata Pita is the Guru and Guru Daiva, which means I have to worship my parents. I have to first, you know, you know take care of them. This is what we think. But you know what? The one who is teaching you not to get into the material worldly bondage, why do you think he's saying Mata, Pita, Guru, Daivam? Why will he say your parents or your God? No. The whole scripture teaches 
your parents are not your god the guru is your parent and the guru is the god himself that is what the scripture teaches and who has given this wrong interpretation some learned the great scholars and pundits who have zero knowledge who who actually have ego of their knowledge who have gone and done some scholarly uh, studies only god can teach you who god is the vedas can only be interpreted by god himself not any ordinary human being so have these great beings learned from a god no or have they gone to a real master to learn the vedas and shastras no so this is where the challenge lies so we have all wrong understanding nobody has given this knowledge to us so today if you are listening to it and you are getting this knowledge please imbibe and start living this lessons in your life it is extremely important so that you can evolve on the path of spirituality so here is saying he what namdarak is saying how can guru be greater than the uh, gods he doesn't understand so isn't that itself is a doubt and he is saying guru can hold some place of honor oh really some place of honor guru can hold he is the only one who can hold all honor not anybody else because he is the divine manifestation guru sakshat parabrahma the parabrahma is manifested in the form of the guru so he is the one who can hold all other place except you know every other being on this earth we say guru mother guru is a compassionate mother see the word mother again is misinterpreted and i i sometimes just don't like it it's not about likes and dislikes but the way how the world we interpret see mother is given a significance why because she bears the child she is the one who you know brings out the a child from her womb so she is undergoing a lot of pain and she takes care but please remember the mother in the material world in the material world the mother can only be attached to her baby she is not attached to every other baby in this world she can she can you know do everything for her baby that is a selfishness that's an attachment so we give importance to this worldly mother but the guru mother is the greatest you know why he wears himself out for every other child in this universe he doesn't differentiate between it is somebody's child it is my child there is no differentiation with the guru the guru takes care of everybody on the contrary he does good to everyone wears himself for out even whether he, even if he doesn't know who that person is such is the compassionate mother so guru is the greatest mother that mother who is the divine lord almighty who man the create who has manifested rather who has given birth to this entire universe this entire universe is creation so he has some above he doesn't differentiate anyone so that is why the guru is the greatest mother on this planet earth this is the truth which we need to understand so siddha yogi then said my child your faith is wavering oh my god and is not steadfast yet and you are bedwelt with all sorts of doubts just as a sick person cannot relish food however delicious it is so also a doubting heart cannot imbibe the grace of the guru oh my god hmm very important let us understand what is siddha muni siddha yogi saying here okay he is saying to namdarak his faith is wavering you cannot have 99.99% faith it has to be 100% faith and what is he saying and it's not steadfast steadfast means it has to be single pointed it has to be on the same focus ekagrith single pointed devotion you cannot waver and your bid bidat sorry bidwelt 
you're bewildered and with all sorts of doubts your mind is cluttered your you know you have delusions of all sorts of doubts so when you have these kind of doubts how can your faith you have a steadfast faith so it's like you know a sick person trying to eat some delicious food he's not going to digest so you can never digest so similarly the one with a doubting heart cannot digest the grace of the guru you cannot imbibe that grace of the guru no matter the guru's grace is there nobody can imbibe it you know my krishna guruji will say something very beautiful he has taught something very beautiful god's grace is on everybody when you know sometimes we say uh, guruji please let your grace be on me always he'll always say this you know why do you think my grace is not there my grace is on everybody it's like a sunshine the sun shines effulgently on everyone it doesn't differentiate but you know i'll give only this region the sun uh, let my you know my rays be here and i will not give the rays here no it's not like that the sunshine is on everyone but how much are you recipient to it so which means you need to have that faith to imbibe that grace so that is in your hands so the grace is on everybody how many do take that grace how many do accept that grace this is the question you need to ask yourselves so with a doubting heart you can't imbibe the grace that is what here siddha muni is explaining to namdarak he says just as a sick person cannot relish food however delicious it is so also a doubting heart cannot imbibe the grace of the guru however abundantly it may be overflowing also however abundantly no matter how much grace you have but a doubting heart cannot imbibe that grace please remember this just as excessive and wrong diet is harmful to a sick person so also doubts are inimical and detrimental to the progress of men on the path of bhakti oh my god okay he's saying i'm going to reread this what is he saying here just as excessive and wrong diet is harmful to a sick person so also doubts are inimical and detrimental to the progress of men on the path of bhakti so when you have doubts how can you get bhakti bhakti cannot be there so the devotion cannot come so how are you going to get the devotion you can never have the devotion is it not said samsayatma vinayasti a wavering and doubting person perishes and shraddhavan labate gnanam what does it mean the one with faith gains all the wisdom so what is the very simple thing that you need to have absolute faith unwavering faith unflinching faith that is all you need to have isn't this so simple you know how i'll tell you it's very simple to attaining lord shri krishna what is it absolute faith complete surrender unconditional pure love and exclusive devotion when you have this four all the four then the grace comes on you so that you can evolve on that path but what is missing the first thing itself is missing we think bhakti marg is very easy oh you know people don't understand that to attain that bhakti that devotion you have to first go through this four criterias when i say this four criterias it means that first it all begins with faith the the divine the devotion which comes to use at the last it comes with the grace of the lord himself but you have to just have that bhakti the the bhakti is you have to be devoted but the the ultimate devotion where you will become one with the divine where you will be able to see the lord almighty in everything that devotion is conferred by the lord himself and to attain that first you have to go through the process 
and which all begins with faith and surrender. If you don't have this, how will you attain love and devotion? That is the power of thing. So again, it, it, you think uh, attaining bhakti is so easy. It is not actually. But bhakti is easiest to attain as well. It depends on how your faith is. It all depends on your faith. So when you have faith, bhakti will develop. It will develop. But first it all begins with the foundation of faith. You should cultivate unalloyed devotion to the Guru. Unalloyed devotion means what? You can, it's a single pointed, unalloyed. There should be nothing else. There cannot be even a black mark in that. That kind of devotion you need to have. Guru Bhakti we say. In, in Baba's Poti, in the last three chapters he's mentioned. Hari Guru Bhakti. Just loving faith, loving devotion to Hari Guru. Why is Hari Guru? Because Krishna Vande Jagat Gurum. He is the master of this universe. Who else do you think becomes the manifestation? He can manifest in any form he wants. Please remember, Krishna Mande Jagat Guru, he is the master, he is the guru of this entire universe. That is called the Tattva. He is the essence of that Guru Tattva. And then he manifests so that you can evolve on the path. It's very beautiful. So this is a very, very important chapter. So I am going very slowly so that you can understand because this becomes the foundation on how we evolve on the path of spirituality. Because of your doubts only, you are not able to derive the benefit of Gurunath's grace and instead have en enmeshed yourself in misery. So to get that, what is he saying? To get the benefit of the Guru's grace, we have to have that faith to experience that. But otherwise, what we will still be a miserable human being. We cannot get out of that misery of the mind. See, everything is in your mind. The mind itself is an unreal thing. But how do you get that? You will get that when you have that faith in your Guru. Then the mind doesn't come. Ever remember that the Guru alone can redeem the disciple. Even if he has incurred the wrath of all gods, if he has his Guru's grace, no harm will ever befall him. Oh my God. You know how profound this is? I'm going to read it. This I've already explained, but I'm going to reread it so that you listen to it very intently. Ever remember, remember at all times that the Guru alone can redeem the disciple, even if he has incurred the wrath of all the gods. If he has his Guru's grace, no harm will ever befall him. Guru's grace will be his invincible armor, even if all gods make an assault upon him. Invincible armor. You know, I'll always tell my Krishna Guruji, I am under a firewall. The firewall around me, it's a protection. The grace of my Guruji is my protection. That is the invincible armor around me. Nothing can touch me. No, you know, no calamity can, calamity or any kind of obstacles or anything can ever befall on me. Why? Because the grace of my Guru is so strong. That is the faith you need to have. You know, please remember, even with that little devotion, that little faith, you can have that grace so beautifully, you know, always upon you. That armor is always there. Invincible armor. You cannot see that. But that armor is always there, which is protecting you. But if one incurs the wrath of the Guru, none can ever rescue him. Not even if all the gods together try. Ah, this is a very, very powerful, you know, lesson. Please remember this. But if one incurs the wrath of the Guru, 
none can ever rescue him not even if all the gods get together that is the power of guru so when you have this guru why why, why what is there to worry like baba says why fear when i am here you don't have to but we human beings like namdarak are fallible in nature that <coughs> sorry that guru bhakti itself we don't hold that absolute faith itself we don't hold when we have the protection of our guru what is there to worry about there's nothing one should actually never make a distinction between his guru and god oh my god what lord shri krishna has said i bow down and touch the feet of those disciples and devotees who have surrendered unto the lotus feet of their guru why lord shri krishna says i am the very essence of the guru that guru the guru is none other than me alone it's my very my very self that is what lord shri krishna has said so please remember never disrespect a guru never go by his ordinary appearance don't judge him never commit any such thing where you are going to accrue karma and commit some sins which you should never ever so don't disrespect him learn to be humble subservient and bow down unto his feet getting the grace of the guru is a boon because please remember that all the gods are within him alone so one should actually never make a distinction between his guru and god for the devotee all the forms of god should be subsumed in the form of his own guru so you can experience whatever the form of god you want to and i will just i can only talk about my own ex experience i can you know in my krishna guruji i have experienced different 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 divinities all the gods that i want so it is your faith and you you know he will appear in that form you want to see in him so there is no god outside of your guru all the gods are what is mentioned here subsumed in the form of his own guru so please know that guru is the lord almighty he is the supreme divine consciousness that he it's it's crystallized in that form so anything that you want to experience you can experience in your master so have that faith and again i keep telling as is your faith so are your experiences so with that we are at the end of the hour so i will stop here and we will continue the same chapter tomorrow morning from where we stopped once again thank you for joining guru charitra shri guru charitra parayan i hope you enjoyed today's lesson this is a very very important lesson for all of us to understand so be very attentive and let us continue tomorrow and learn more about the power of guru bhakti om shri mahaganapate namaha om shri gurudev datta om shri sachidananda sadguru sainath maharaj ki jai om namo bhagavate vasudevaya digambara digambara shri pad vallabha digambara om shri krishna gurunath nathaya shri gurave namaha om devi durgaaya namaha om shri krishna arpanam namastu krishnam vande jagat gurum